Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Time to talk about the Champions League. Joining me to talk about those things on a Friday night is uh, Dave. Dave, good to have you. Thank you. Indigesting at the moment. Dave, mm. what kind of curry did you have? Uh, I got a um, butter chicken that's usually really good um, in good re- Indian restaurants, but from this takeaway was average at best, I'd say. It was a bit sweet, which for a uh, butter chicken it's not supposed to be sweet. It's supposed to be a combination of just and spices so I was a little bit disappointed but uh, you know overall was alright average I'd say about uh, a 3 out of 5 But and you've got indigestion from that oh just from not not sort of I just ate so quickly yeah yeah okay fair enough um, Kristen good to have you good to be here what did you have for dinner I haven't had anything yet I'm waiting until we're finished very good uh, and what about you uh, Nico you will be eating uh, afternoon tea about now um, yeah, we don't really do that over here, but I'm doing a, uh, a, a no-carb diet, and it sucks. What, uh, so what does that involve? Just eating nothing but, or not eating anything with with carbs in it. So you basically just eat vegetables? Not even, just pretty much just grilled chicken and uh, and other meats that don't have carbs. Like a carnivore's diet, right? Pretty much, yeah. You're supposed to. You're, you're basically your body. Instead of your body living off fat, your body starts to. No, sorry. Instead of living off carbohydrates, your body's supposed to go to live off the fat. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so you're basically forcing it to burn the fat. Yes, instead of burning the carbohydrates. Uh, is it working? Uh, I'm two days in, and it's it's not it's not fun. I've never eaten so much, and yet still been so hungry. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, what what are you eating? Just like you say, just grilled chicken. Uh, so this morning for breakfast, I had chicken, meatballs, and bacon. What? Yeah, it was. It was. It's. It's not good. Well, I mean, that's just stupid. <laughs> Thank you, Lawrence. You had chicken, meatballs, what, and bacon for breakfast. Wow. What did you? What did you eat this morning for breakfast? Uh, this morning, you've actually had on the wrong day. I had breakfast in the shard. Uh, so. <laughs> Uh, wrong day to it's all right for some, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, hey, the toast was soaking. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. Um, uh, so I had a full English breakfast followed by uh, eggs, which is I really like the full. When I went, when I went over there, I really do like full English breakfasts. They're they're pretty good. Yeah, I mean, from that you could pro- practically eat the bacon, right? Yeah, and uh, and that's about it. Yeah, and there were chicken sausages as well. So 
There you go. Go crazy. Um, uh, yeah, and loads of other stuff is great. Anyway, uh, let's get down to it uh, because uh, over uh, this season, for some weird reason, they seem to have chosen to put the Europa League final and the Champions League final in unusual places. Um, it, any idea why they sort of decided this? Like, do you think it would be a bit weird, Chris, if they had like Rome and then Cardiff? Uh, I have no idea what goes in the selection process. I think every city has its own merits. That is a wonderfully diplomatic answer. Well, you know, you can't have it in a cap. Well, I was going to say Cardiff is a capital city. You can't have it in a, a major <laughs> footballing city. He shows his every, thought process. <laughs> you can't have it in a, a major footballing city every year, you know? Yeah, I mean, you have to spread it around. And they had the motif of the dragon ready to go, I'm guessing. So uh, credit where it's due. Uh, it's good to have it in Cardiff, though. I think it's uh, easy to travel to for quite a few people. Uh, a great destination. And actually, arguably, most people say Cardiff is actually a better stadium. Don't shout it, Dave, than Wembley. I like Wembley. I'm full, full behind Wembley. Right. Uh, right. Because you're on the FA payroll. No, I just think the more times you go to Wembley, the more you can appreciate that it's, it is a, it is a very, you know, a decent stadium. Obviously, the, the tiering and that could be a bit better, but it's still got that sort of, you know, home of football. There was just a picture that I was walking around there. There was a picture of, um, uh, Alfie Ramsey sitting on the bench and it was just like wow that's pretty cool Alfie Ramsey whatever he's called <laughs> Sir Alfie Ramsey <laughs> it's my best mate Alfie Ramsey <laughs> was he not a, a character on Neighbours <laughs> oh Ramsey Street very good um <laughs> Uh, Niki Nico uh, talked to me a little bit about the two teams that are going there. There's obviously been a lot of build-up uh, on on the road to uh, Cardiff, and that build-up mostly uh, was constitutive matches. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, Juve's route to the final this season. They uh, have arguably faced some of the, the uh, most difficult teams to face in the knockout stages uh, under Barcelona and Monaco. Uh, and before that, Porto, who they pretty much brushed aside, really. Uh, the group stages weren't actually that tricky for them. I think they had Zagreb, uh, Leon, and Sevilla in there. Um, you know, I mean, only really struggling against the, the likes of uh, Leon. I think they, they drew against those guys. But uh, talk to me a little bit about that. Um, what about the the ties they've had? Do you think they've they've had a classic Champions League this season? Yeah, I think. You know, part of the reason maybe that we view their road to Cardiff as maybe a little bit easier is because they made it look so easy. Um, Barcelona, as PSG demonstrated to us uh, very clearly, uh, are certainly a team that, that are easy to slip up against, even if you're the favorites going in or or you suffer such a crazy tie like like Barcelona did the round before. Um, but yeah, you know, the they were never really, they never really looked to be in doubt against the likes of Porto or even or even Barcelona. I mean, I know the, there were a lot of questions going into the second leg, um, but they you know they they carried out Mac, Max Allegri's tactical plan to you know with excellence in, in both ties, and that really um, put them clear through th- through to the final. And then they asked questions of Monaco in the second leg as well, and they they came up short. So um, as as easy as it may have seemed, I, I would say maybe Juventus and Real Madrid had had similar 
difficulty getting to the final. I mean, and, and they both made it look relatively easy, but that doesn't mean it was as easy as, as they made it look. And David, it's sort of the subtle adaptability of this Juve side that makes them uh, so alluring, isn't it, this season in the Champions League? I'd say so. And I think the problem that we, we have with, with Juventus is what system they're playing. I think that's difficult to read as an analyst. Therefore, it's difficult for either the opposition to, to read and understand what's going on. You know, is it a back four? Is it a back three? But I think it's just a fluid system. It's you know it's almost where football's going, as I've said before on this podcast. But it is beautiful in an attacking sense and in a defensive sense. You, know, you mentioned those games against Barcelona, but they were intense at the start. They did put Barcelona under pressure at the right phases, especially at home. Inter in they really you know caused some problems out of the back. They they allowed Barca to play out the back and then they engaged them. It isn't just defensive football. It isn't just football standing off. It's it's engaging football, engaging in the right moments. And Mandzukic and and Dani Alves, the most defensive two wide players I've ever seen, but it works so well because it's a structure that teams can't break down. And you throw, throw players like Dybala and Iguain up front, you've got a real outlet there as well. He's bold. Allegri's been bold. He played Cuadrado on the right hand side against Barcelona in both of the legs from the beginning. That's a bold move. He could have gone with Dani Alves, Barzagli, like he did against Monaco. So it is an interesting one, but credit to Allegri for getting as far as he's got. Yeah, I mean, Chris, this is um, a, a side who were told a few seasons ago, look, if we don't spend big money, we're not going to get, and this is by Antonio Conte, who's won the Premier League, we're not going to get to the Champions League final. You don't but win the Champions League with £10 players, you win with them with £100 players. I'm paraphrasing a little, but, uh, you know, looking at this team... Juve have set out, and Max Allegri has won, uh, you know, or at least got to the final, and then obviously got into another final with the some what most people are arguing were sort of ten pound players at the time. I think, yeah, I think you're right in <clears throat> in saying that. There's definitely a core there. I think you have to acknowledge, though, there's been significant upgrades in in Dybala and, and particularly Higuain because. I think even Allegri touched on that, that, that this season, at least, Dybala has, has improved. I think he's, he's gained an extra level, if you will. And I think it's, it's unfair to, to make it seem as if, if things were, were similar. Yeah, I mean, obviously what I'm saying is there's a core there that um, were built under Conte as well. And not only have they maybe spent a m- lot of money on someone like Higuain, they have spent well, zero money on uh, someone like Danny Alves, who obviously still keeps that uh, very close to his heart. Nico, what I did find interesting was before we were going through some sort of vital statistics, if you like, that UEFA consider to be vital. You mark them as statistics, but um, you know, they they still sort of count as headlines. And Juve sit at the, the top of very few of those headlines. Uh, pass completion-wise, possession-wise, uh, attempts-wise, they come third, goals scored, they're not in the top five for that. They don't have many players apart from... I actually look for anyone there uh, who sit in the top five for most of the key statistics in, in terms of headlines. But that, that speaks to something a bit wider, doesn't it? Yeah, and this is something that Dave and I touched on in his podcast as well. You know, it's it's really less of an individual effort. You know, Gonzalo Wayne. Uh, equaling the Serie A goals total uh, his last season at Napoli. While this season, you know, he might have scored fewer goals. And there, like you said, there's no one part of this Juventus team that's hitting their numbers or hitting extreme numbers. They're not jumping out to you on the statistics page. Um, they're still in a Champions League final. They won the league. They won the, the League Cup. And, and they're on for a trouble. And that speaks to how much of a sort of a systematic approach uh, Allegri has had with this Juventus team. It's it's much less about, you know, 
piling on the, the statistics or anything like that. And it's more about a holistic team performance. It's more about sharing time. It's, it's all those players understanding their role um, so that they can achieve the most that they can, especially as an Italian team, you know, uh, like you, like you alluded to before with the 10 pound versus hundred million pound players, you know, they may have upgraded um, in the sense that they bought two of Serie A's best players after Paul Pogba left. But at the same time, you know, they still have a core of those players. Um, with with the likes of uh, Bonucci and Chiellini and Barzagli and a lot of those guys that won so many things together at Juventus. And they're, they're not bad players. So it speaks to Max Allegri, Allegri's credit as to what he's been able to do, as opposed in, in Europe at least, as opposed to what Antonio Conte could do with this Juventus team. Uh, but Dave, this, tre- this Juventus team don't, don't feel very trendy, do they? They feel a lot more like a team that's well thought over, a side um, who are constructed in such a way that it, it's... It's they. I don't know. There's there's an almost timeless feeling to this the construction of the Juventus team, isn't there? I don't think if I think they are. I think they've started to become. It's flipped over where people want Juventus to win this this uh, season now. In terms of the stats, uh, you know, it is interesting that there aren't that many players that top the list. Dani Alves is the only one in this Real Madrid team that really tops the list in the Champions League this season in terms of chances created, which is an incredible feat for. A player that Barcelona let go and are, are massively missing and didn't treat well in his last two seasons at the new Camp. But in terms of this Juve side, they are very flexible. And I think it's the minutes-wise that they, they, they just shell the squad out so well. You know, the last 10 minutes of games where he's got a lead, he switches system about three times. And I think it's, it's credit to Allegri, the work that he does on the training ground to make it so easy between going from a back four to a back three. That isn't an easy thing at all. That's a, that's one of the most complex things to coach in football, and he does it with such ease. That's but also numbers in midfield, and isn't isn't that something what needs to happen? Dave, I mean, we we were talking uh, when we shot the Conte documentary to uh, Paolo Bandini and and James Horncastle, and they both spoke about Covacciano in Italy. Uh, you know, the the the, the training, the, the base, if you like, for Italian football, where Italian coaches um, earn their stripes, if you like, and they were talking about how. There is a bit of an obsession there at the moment with fluid formations and sort of moving between a, a three and a four at the back, but also, uh, you know, how that doesn't just sort of come naturally to coaches all the time. And so that's why maybe Max Allegri is so is so much more incredible than people are giving credit for. I think that's that's one of the bases. I think I read his coaching thesis at one point. Uh, it was very interesting. It was a lot about English. Yeah, it was obviously a translation. I don't speak Italian. I don't claim to speak Italian. I just claim to speak French ish. <laughs> Um, but in terms of the, the talking. I think Max Allegri's um, philosophy was always his piece was all about using a uh, number ten uh, behind the number nine. It was fascinating stuff. It was you know he, he wrote that and then went on to dominate Syria with with uh, AC Milan playing a system that was quite like that. Obviously, it was a, a different number ten that he had to deal. with. I think he was using Kevin Prince Boateng at that time with. But um, yeah, the Tracuitista, whatever you call it, Tracuitista, yeah, um, yeah. Inter- interesting coaching philosophy and very very. Uh, Would the know, other striker have been? From... Who was that other striker? It wasn't Pato. It was. No, it was Pato was. Pato was still there. Was he? I hope so. He was there. Yeah, he just wasn't first team. Well, he wasn't playing every week. I'll look it up. Robinho could have been. Mm... I remember who was playing either. Was Nocherino in that side as well? Yeah, he was. He plays for Orlando City now. Yeah, God, how the mighty have um, continued to rise in their career. Um, D- Dave, please do continue. I'm just really bugging me now because I can't remember that second striker, and that was a good. Team. I'm pretty sure it's Robinho. Yeah, it was. It was Robinho and Zlatan, wasn't it? Yeah. But 
uh, when Zlatan wasn't in the team because Zlatan was yeah anyway Dave on you go <laughs> well I think what, what it shows from there is that he had a belief in a, a certain system a certain formula to win a game a diamond in midfield dominate possession and so forth but what we see now is him completely evolved that he's sort of playing a, a 4-4-2 which is is very English um, and he does attack down the flanks so it's quite an interesting evolution of a, of a man that's destined for greatness whether it is with Juve or it is with whoever is the next challenge for Max. Which you would like to be? I'd like it to be at Juventus for a few more seasons. Um, then another European club, Bayern Munich, would be very interesting. Bayern Munich would be interesting. Arsenal? Fans don't deserve someone like Max Allegri. It's certainly an interesting theory. Uh, at Statman Dave. Anyway, uh <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, well, what I meant to say was Arsenal fan TV don't deserve him. The rest of the Arsenal fan base deserve a good manager. That's excellent Arsenal banter. Um, and of course, though, he has cre- he's put together a side. And what he's managed to do, uh, Chris, is get the best out of people that some people thought were past it. I mean, apparently he allows players to train away from the training ground if they don't feel that they um, need to train in the team system. Uh, which obviously is fascinating considering how well-drilled a lot of these players look. Um, certain players can uh, don't need to go to training on certain days. Um, uh, Danny Alves has been uh, a, a, re- a revelation in the Champions League and at other times in other, area, uh, other league, I mean, especially in Serie A this season, uh, despite being not a classic uh, Juve player, as I think some Italians have termed it, um, and there's a number of things that he's had to make work in order to get to here. And even in order having to make those work and sort of work on the fly, he's still made this team so graceful, so sort of dominating. Yeah, I, th- I think it's the, at least I have a thought that there comes a point in your career where you know what is, is best for you. And I remember Craig Bellamy when he was at Man City had a very individualised training programme. Ledley King is, is likely another good example of players that you just reach that stage in your career where I think you know what is going to work for you and what's not going to work for you. And I think the the thing with Juventus is I think a lot of the players have been playing together for a long time. So you know, again, what your, your teammates' weaknesses are, what their strengths are, and that kind of thing. And I look at that Juventus team as a, as a very good example of that. And... I think watching them, um, you look at how drilled they are and, and it's probably a little bit different to Conte. I think that's possibly the, the important shift there without wishing to to disregard what he did at the club because I think he did a lot of good. There was a lot of pedal to the floor with him and I think with Allegri, it's, there's a little bit more consideration for, for what each action does down the, down the road potentially and I think that's why Juventus have become better at managing competitions since he took over. Mm. It is pretty fascinating stuff. Um, anyone with a, f- a favourite Juventus moment this season? The goal against Monaco, Mandzukic back post was probably my favourite goal of this season. Such a brilliant counter attack. Shows how you should do a counter attack. You attack down one side, you draw players in, you switch it through midfield, and then you switch it back over to the back post. It was absolutely perfect. The perfect goal, I'd say. First. Uh... First 15 minutes in the first leg against Barcelona, um, the full field press was excellent. Uh, yeah, I did, uh, yeah, and then I also thought Dani Alves was fantastic over two legs in the Champions League as well, wasn't he? Yep. 
ripped, uh, well, was pr- pretty instrumental. Um, Dabala, pretty fantastic. Uh, we, were, we were actually in uh, Turin for the second leg of the Porto game, arguably their most uh, flat display of the tournament. Um, but it was still, you can see why they still believe that they're the very top team in Europe. It's going to be interesting to see them go away from home and see what they can get. Uh, and who are they playing? Well, they're playing a team that may be able to exploit some of those weaknesses. Um, and Nico, you do seem to believe, which is difficult to pick out for some people, maybe you just watch Juventus uh, from time to time, some of the weaknesses um, of this Juventus team. Uh, and you think maybe Real Madrid can exploit those. Yeah, I think if you look at sort of the way that Juventus like to progress their possession, it is very direct. Um, the the use of Mandzukic, whether up top or out wide, uh, differs, and they can be direct to him, seeing that Iguain isn't as good out of the air. But the the main way and the quickest way that they like to progress it is obviously through their sort of wing back, sort of winger type players in Alexandro and Danny Elvis, but really more uh, Danny Elvis, and it's sort of lopsided in the sense that the left side, um, or I guess the right hand side, if you're if you're looking at it. Um, is more defensive in the in the left hand side, and Danny Alves, um, or the right right back role, is is more offensive. And if you can exploit that spot and get into it, like Real Madrid naturally do through uh, Marcelo and perhaps Ronaldo, um, and a drifting attacking midfielder, then if someone like let's say Marcelo or Ronaldo were to get one on one with uh, Barzagli, that w- that wouldn't be good for for Juventus, obviously. And I think. Uh, Real Madrid definitely has the capability to do that. I think they compact the space very well in, in how whole, how high they like to hold that line. And if Dani Elvis is trying to get too far forward and, and it's not disciplined enough from him and perhaps other midfielders who are covering that position like uh, Miralem Pjanic or Semi Kadira, then it could be you know serious trouble for, for Juventus. So I definitely think there's holes within that system. Uh, that being said, I think Allegri is, is tactically astute enough to to cover that hole in in the time periods that Real Madrid will want to expose it. Yeah, very good point. Um, I mean, Dave, that is part of it, isn't it? Is that we've got two managers here who love to adapt, love to uh, play the tactical um, game. They love to play that chess-like game of comments. Um, And it is fascinating, isn't it? Uh, It's going to be really interesting to see how Zidane chooses to take on this Juventus team. I think it's not... It's not simple, but the you know if he if he goes the four four two diamond, then he's going to get the best joy out of this Juventus team. I think Juventus like Chelsea, they Chelsea weren't tested centrally. They've now been tested centrally, and it's a bit of a weakness for them. Arsenal did it in the FA Cup final. Tottenham have done it. West Ham have done it. Man United, in some respects, did that. And I think it's it's one of these things. You you know Juventus, if they play with this four four two, you've got to play them through the middle. You've got to play the, the narrow diamond. Isco is going to be the, be the key man. Isco has been in wonderful form in 2017, arguably one of the best players in world football. Just so good at controlling games, so good at making the impact at the right time, given wherever he plays, left midfield, right midfield, central midfield or attacking midfield. And I think it's like that. It's, it's, Nico mentions the Juventus press that is very, very impressive. Atletico Madrid have a better press in a 4-4-2. Zidane found a way to completely negate that. And that killed Atletico's game. Juventus have a lot more strings to their bow, but it will be a game of chess where Zidane will start with a 4-4-2 diamond. Allegri should respond playing a 3-5-2. Then Zidane should go to a 4-3-3. And then that's where we see, that's where the game is is so poised at that point, who's leading that game. Because if Real Madrid are leading that game, they go to a 4-5-1, 4-3-3. It's game over. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. For, for Juve and game over for Allegri because they're the best counter-attacking team in world football. They're so clinical at killing people off with Asensio, with Vasquez off the bench, as Zidane always does. I can just see it going one way and unfortunately I think it's, it's a step too far for this Juventus team. Real are just, they are so good. So adaptable, they've got everything. I don't think there's not a single weakness in that side. I can't pick any weaknesses out. And there's also a lot of power, isn't there, Dave? I mean, there's a lot of uh, not. I mean, not the raw Ronaldo power that we remember from a few years ago, but the physical element that Zidane has really extolled at this Real Madrid side and taken them to yet another level of fitness. Just when people sort of thought that they were all not at an all-time uh, high, it is is also really impressive. I think it's 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 a combination of fitness, but it's also a combination of certain players in certain positions. I think playing someone like Casemiro at defensive midfield has been a masterstroke. Was Rafa Benitez that did bring him back and try and work him into this side? Didn't quite do it right. Zidane in this four-three-three is perfect, and he's a player that people seem to think always should deserves to get sent off, but it's absolute rubbish. He does it because he's clever. He doesn't commit over zealous fouls like someone like Vidal. He's not always charging around, running into people. He's making the tackles at the right time. When he needs to bring someone down, he'll bring them down. But he won't do it in a malicious, aggressive way. He'll do it in a very smart way. And that's the beauty of Casemiro. He's a very, very clever fouler of the football and is perfect for the two guys ahead of him to have someone like that behind. You think of the impact he's had this season. Man of the match against Napoli. Man of the match against Bayern Munich. Yes, he was a little bit ineffective against Atletico, but he didn't need to be effective because Tony Cruz had a hole in their system playing the 4-4-2 diamond. So this is the thing where Casemiro's slowly becoming one of the best central midfielders, not just even in a defensive sense. I think what he's, he's evolved this, get, this season is his ability to uh, make a contribution in that final third. When teams switch off for him, it's so stupid to switch off from Casemiro because he can pick a pass. The goal against Napoli, he can hit a ball. He can get an assist. He can break forward. And if you ignore him, Ignore him at your peril, because he's the free guy. You're thinking about plans against dealing with Modric, with Cruz. You don't have a plan for Casemiro. You're stupid. And that's what a number of teams have done this season. I'd say Ancelotti kind of made that mistake, where he didn't have a plan for mm. Casemiro. He just thought Casemiro would get along with it. He'd do what Casemiro does. But Casemiro started to become the advanced midfielder, which is quite interesting how football's evolving from a you know a destroying playmaker, a destroying uh, central midfielder, defensive midfielder, appearing in the opponent's penalty area in a counter-attack. That's fascinating. But again, you know, if you leave Casemiro, leave him at your peril. And then, of course, Chris, there's the, the headline guy, the guy that, uh, dis- despite sort of what's gone on uh, in recent weeks, people still yet again seem to underestimate. Uh, he's scored 10 goals. He's got six assists in this competition. Uh, whilst MSN have been doing very well, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo has also been doing his own thing. 
He has, and I, and I think you know his his game is a funny one because it, it's clearly changed during his career, and, and I think you can see that physically. You can see that in in just watching him. But I th- actually think for for a lot of the the stick or the criticism that he gets, he's been a massive difference maker for them this season. Moments when they've really needed him, Bayern Munich is probably the one that really jumps out for me. That's a moment where I think you know what he he really has earned his status as as one of the best the game's ever seen. And I think look, he's he's obviously not uh, everyone's cup of tea. I can appreciate that, but I also think there's just part of him this season that has maybe started to appreciate what is around him, which is a very good team and very good teammates who want him to succeed. And I think his, not complete selflessness, but I think an improved uh, sense of appreciation for his teammates is part of the reason that that Real Madrid have have done so well this season. Do you think that's partly down to having that relationship with Zidane and that sort of understanding of being one great of a generation coming on to the next? Possibly, I think. I think definitely, it's it's easier for him to understand what Ronaldo was going through as as someone that um, you know was was arguably the best of his generation. Ronaldo, I think, is aspiring to to be that that similar kind of player. And and you look at the manager before him. I, I hate to to criticize Rafa Benitez, but there's one thing you can say: it's that his career as a player just didn't fit with that club and and the kind of characters that were in that dressing room. Whereas you know whether you like Zidane or not, you can't deny that he was a fantastic player. Mm. Uh, well, before we get into the, the actual final predictions and the final preview, um, is it, does anyone have anything else they'd like to add about either of those sides? It's going to be a banging final. It is um, going to be a pretty banging final, Dave. You and I are going to cover it live, aren't we, together? We are on Ball Street, apparently. Is that yeah. the that's the gig, right, Lawrence? I think so, Dave. Yeah, that's <laughs> what the people pay the money for. I think. I think the thing that we forget um, about um, this Real Madrid team is they're gonna, they could be the first team ever to retain the Champions League, which is an incredible achievement. Something that I mentioned on, on my podcast is this Real Madrid team, it's the best squad ever. It's the best, best squad of all time. Really? really? Can, you think of, can, can you think of any better squads of all time? I'm talking depth. The depth is where it's so good. Um, I mean... I mean, but Bayern Munich could definitely rival them, couldn't they? But they the Bayern Munich, they won the treble, yeah. The, uh, I don't know if that had the same amount of depth. I think they had a very good first eleven. But you're looking off the bench. You had someone like Timur. Was it Timurchuk off the bench? Yeah. Uh, and Pizarro maybe Pizarro, as a forward. I mean, so you, you, you're comparing that to Madrid. You've got James Rodriguez and Morata. I think it, it's the best squad right now. So right now, before they sell all these players they're going to sell, this squad is unbelievable. Real, real depth. I mean, why, why do they need to sell them? They don't. Yeah. Um, but obviously, Hammers has been heavily linked with the move away. Same with Murata. But, but yeah, why? Same with Bale, allegedly, today. Hmm? Mm, Man United, eh? Man United. Uh, some people... Claiming that one could still be on. Uh, well, before before you guys do uh, head to Cardiff, and I know you will head there, let me read you uh, a couple of guides that I found online. Do it in 24 hours, the UEFA website says. Breakfast. Before embarking on a day of activity in this vibrant and cosmopolitan city, a hearty breakfast is a prerequisite. And there's no better place to begin your cultural journey than one of the many cafes in Cardiff's market on St. Mary Street. Lovely. <laughs> a traditional... Gazprom. <laughs> 
Um, a traditional Welsh breakfast is uh, likely co to contain lava bread. Now, I've never had this before. Has anyone else had lava bread? No. It's a highly nutritious delicacy made from mm. boiled seaweed. Um, Definitely thought you were going to say something else, though. That's been minced and rolled in oatmeal prior to being fried. Oh, wow. Sounds quite nice. I'd eat that. You've just eaten buttered chicken, Dave. Um, shopping for one's loved ones will pose little problem in the capital, which, by the way, is 4% 4 the size of uh, urban London. Um, <laughs> genuinely, the line does say that. Um, it's my favourite radio station, that. Yeah, what, 4% the size of urban London? London. Uh, a choice of high street names and unique local shops in the winding arcades purveying uh, everything from the mainstream to the extreme. <laughs> Skateboards, rollerblades, BMX bikes. Not, of course, um, you know, uh, ISIS uh, magazines. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, it could be, could be the case. Anyway, uh, the, go over to UEFA's website. There are some fascinating uh, guides on there. Um, does anyone want to know a little bit of Welsh? I mean, this guy has really gone to town. Let's, let's hear it. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> You're kidding me. You just pick all the words that are English as well. <laughs> um, where is the stadium? Does anyone want to uh, try this with me? Where is the... Clemare. Clemare. Stadium. Dave? It's close. Nah, that's not right, that mate. That's a lie. Clemere Stadium. Try it, Dave. Absolutely not. Okay. Um, Nico, will you try some with me? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Uh, Nico, if I was to ask you, how are you? Um, mm -hmm. If you in in Welsh, I'd I'd say Shmei. Shmei. You know what? It's actually pretty good for a guy who's overriding an American accent. Um, <laughs> Uh, this is a good one. Uh, to engage the locals, you could <laughs> to engage the natives. You could say, "Who do you think's going to win?" Uh, and you would. You... <laughs> By the way, where's the final being held? Cardiff on Mars. <laughs> <laughs> but you would say this, uh, Nico. Why wit tin mudwill sin mind in mil. You've, you've lost me on that one. Well, I'm asking who you think is going to win. Stroke. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Dave when he's drunk. Uh, it's, uh, no, believe me, I've been with Dave when he's drunk, and it, uh, he just sings about Georgie Best for about four hours. Um, it really is tactically on another level. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm going to ask you that question now, Nico. Uh, why would Tim Madwell sing mind in... Neil, um, that's who do you think is going to win? Uh, I think I think Juventus have the have the stuff to win it. I think they'll uh, you, they'll man. be able to dominate the game, um, and I think they'll win. Yeah, two one. Uh, and two I can one. name the scores if you want. Yeah, wow, someone really is on your way for his inside track. Go on. Uh, I think Higuain will score, put his demons to bed in the finals, and then Kedira will also score, and then Ronaldo will score for Real Madrid. Of course, there is this fascinating. There are those fascinating matchups, aren't there? And of course, there is Iguain returning, sort of haunt Real Madrid. 
Yeah, and and also sort of uh, Allegri uh, addressing in the press conference that that he he has full confidence in in Iguain to to do well in the final, and and it's something that also uh, Iguain himself talked about and said, you know, if I have a final like I did in the 2014 World Cup, then sub me off. Um, so he he's fully aware of the pressure, sort of like a Kevin Durant acknowledging uh, the pressure that he that he feels during this NBA Finals. So it's nice to see players acknowledge sort of the the media narrative around them and 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 address it and then go for it. Yeah, or get subbed off. Yeah, either way. Yeah, either way. Uh, Chris, what about you? Uh, I think Juve do it too now. Wow. Everyone seems to be going... I mean, a few weeks ago we spoke about it and it, I felt like everyone on the podcast said Real Madrid. Um, but maybe not. Uh, Dave, I get the feeling you're going to go the other way. Mm. Real Madrid, 3-1 Ronaldo hat-trick. Wow, Dave, you really Casemiro, are. yellow card, that's a triple for you. If you win any money, I get 5%, any of you listeners. Right. You uh, is is he Is this part of the spread betting thing you know about, Dave? Excellent. Uh, the old, the old Theresa May method. Um, Dave, are you seriously saying that people should put a, a, a something on the yellow card? Oh yeah, the triple. You yeah. get great odds. Uh, for people who don't know what the triple would be, what would they do if they wanted to bet on the triple? <laughs> I'm not fair. I'm not going to go. Well, I'll tell you what. You know, you go to this website and you click here and then click there. Just you, a triple is a three bets. Yeah, that you combine to one to get more odds. So it's on a yellow. It's a yellow card. It's a yellow uh, card for Casemiro. A three-one win. Ronaldo hat trick and a three-one win. Okay, and who's getting the goal for you, they? Uh, Iguain. Excellent. So at least some redemption for him. Mm, only uh, a little bit though. Anyone else going to be really excited about seeing the two sort of aging Brazilians go up against each other? Is Marcelo aging? Uh, I mean, we all are. We're all aging. We're all aging. Yeah, I mean, we're all aging. Yeah. In, but I mean, you know, he's not that old, is he? Uh, no, I guess not. Twenty-eight, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's definitely Great aging. Age. Yeah. Twenty-nine. Twenty-nine. There you go. I mean, uh, hey, he's over the hill. Uh, what about that though, Nico? I mean, you know, the 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 old Danny Alves versus. Marcelo I don't think it'll. I don't think it'll be as direct as people are claiming it is yeah, because weird, that, you know they seem to think it's direct like that. Yeah. Yeah, and I think they'll they'll pop up behind each other more more than you know directly competing with one another in tackles and stuff like that. But yeah, it'll be interesting tactical battle to see um, which team, like I said, exploits the space behind them and and whether you know maybe they will go after one another and and sort of be caught up in the same space. And that'll be definitely interesting to see. It'll also be interesting to see how Marcelo deals with uh, Dibola if he sort of. Uh, hangs in the the right channel. What do you think he will? Do? What do you think he will do? Do you think I'll get a physical game? Yeah, I th- I think uh, Dybala. One of his uh, one of the things that I think Real will, will look to target is that he doesn't like to be physical, um, and it's actually something that the. Uh, sporting director at Juventus uh, told him to stop being such a dive uh, on live television um, in, on a Italian TV show or something, and and he. You know, he, he sort of took it on the chin, but but I think Raul will try to be very physical with Dybala, especially considering how important he is to sort of their link-up play in the final third to both Mandzukic and Higuain. So I think that'll be a key battle as well. See, if Mourinho had said it, everyone would have said it was a direct attack, but because it's from a, someone else, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a jibing fun. <laughs> you're not wrong. Yeah, I'm not wrong. No, you're right. Uh, eating and drinking, uh, you can go to Chippy Lane apparently uh, in Cardiff 
Uh, Cardiff has something for everyone, I'm told. <laughs> We're not being sponsored by Cardiff, by the way. Um, traditional dishes such as uh, call, a type of stew, and Welsh rabbit, a version of melted cheese on toast. <laughs> <laughs> are generally harder to find in the city centre. The locals are a cosmopolitan bunch. <laughs> it's, it, genuinely, it's as if someone's written it in another language and then uh, translated it in this sort of merry English. A uh, cosmopolitan bunch. Put a positive spin on it. Yeah. Who are as likely to be found eating Chinese, <laughs> Indian or Italian. Wow. However, look out for local sausages. <laughs> Welsh lamb or Welsh cakes. Local bitter is the most popular evening drink. Wow. And is generally served in pints. Maybe it's just funny because I'm from roughly the area. Like, not from Wales, but... Nico, does this sound like a good guide to you? I don't know. I'd rather have a, a, a real Welshman take me around and, and show me show me Cardiff. I've never even been close, so maybe we can all go together someday. Nico, I'd love to take you to Cardiff one day. I'm not a real Welshman, but I guarantee we can find you one. Um, it, Wales sounds great. Uh, it really is a lovely country. I've been south. I've been to Cardiff before. Anyone else been to Cardiff on the podcast? Dave, you must have been to Cardiff. Nope. No. Any desire to go? Yeah, probably. Not at the moment. There's other cities I'd like to go before Cardiff. Can save that one till you know a bit older. Where would you go before Cardiff? Orlando. Yeah, no, it's too high in Orlando. Cause somewhere cold. As they say like in Book of Mormon, Orlando. You going to Russia, Dave? Yeah, 2018 World Cup. It's oh, going to be you, sick, right? I thought you were going to go for the Confed Cup. No, no. It's a bit too scary, that. Test it out for us before we come. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. He Dangerous. died to save our sins. Uh, lovely to have you on the podcast. Uh, anyway. Uh, d- did you know uh, that... Is, is this true? Juventus have lost their last four Champions League finals. So they lost have it. They? I know yeah, they won it in 96. They, they, lost, lost, a, won it. Yeah. they lost to Dortmund, yeah. right? In... They, lost, they lost to Milan in the shootout. And they yeah. lost to Barca. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I suppose it makes sense because actually, yeah, they've made all yeah, those they finals. In uh, 97, they lost to, Dor- uh, lost to Dortmund. Pretty incredible stuff. I mean, that, that obviously there's also the narrative we've we've covered Ronaldo, but Buffon at the other end, Dave. I mean, you know, it, this would be the great send off for him from Bianconeri, wouldn't it? <laughs> you see, everyone's building up so much, and I just want him to lose. <laughs> do you really? Why do you want him to lose? Surely you want to see a lovely send, an emotional send off. Why? I got no, I've got no no connection to Gigi Buffon in terms of club I've got respect for him I think he's a fantastic goalkeeper his longevity is ridiculous this season he's been one of the best goalkeepers in world football but I don't have a connection to him like I have a connection to Cristiano Ronaldo right so that's your issue is that you have more of an emotional connection to him than yeah right Uh, what about uh, okay I mean I'll come to someone else maybe who can um, transpose emotions Chris uh, do, do you feel any sort of emotional connection and if you don't can you understand why someone else might feel that emotional connection uh given he's played his entire career in black and white pretty much i can well, yeah, pinpoint that pretty emotional... much. i mean he was, where was he before because they bought him from uh, he played at palmer yeah he played at palmer yeah where he played with faustino Aspria, who dropped by cardiff tonight to watch him train it was uh, a very sweet moment as the two embraced 
Of course, um, yeah. another guy who played who loves playing in black and white. Yes, no, true, very true. Joking aside, I, I can 100% uh, feel an emotion and appreciation for Buffon because not only has he been a good goalkeeper, but he's been so consistent. And I think with that comes an appreciation for his talent. And equally, you know, when, when Juventus were um, demoted to Serie B, regardless of what you think of Caltropoli and who was to blame and whether it was just and fair punishment, there were definitely players who were happy to leave that club some of whom you could argue had a greater emotional attachment to Juventus than someone like Buffon. But Buffon is one who stayed. And I think for him, even Barzali too at 36, if those two can, I don't think this will be the last stop of their career in terms of the last season of their career, but I think if those two can can win a title at, at such a, an advanced stage in their career, I think that's a nice thing. Fair enough. Lovely. Um well, uh, you can join us, of course, live on Ball Street. Dave and I will be hosting up on that one. Nico, where are you going to be watching? Uh, probably at my house with my friends, family. Stunning. Uh, do you are they all interested in football? No, no one is besides me. So, pretty pretty solitary over here. Uh, what a happy life. Uh, <laughs> and then, of course, you can you can find Nico on Twitter. Where can you find Nico? Nico. Nico underscore O Morales on Twitter. Check me out. Uh, well worth a follow. Uh, good guy. And of course, uh, you, Chris, where can we find you? Uh, watching Ball Street. Excellent. Yeah, I'm sure you're going to be tweeting along with it as well. And maybe we might have been able to Skype you during the game. I imagine that could be compelling. Definitely. Uh, Dave, what will you be wearing tomorrow? I don't want to clash with you. Or today. Can I guess this? I feel I know this already. Is it a Farrah shirt? It'll either be a nice dress shirt with some jeans, or it'll be Adidas. I might wear a United shirt with Maro and Fellaini on the back. Flip things up, right? Got the shirt, just need to get the Fellaini done. Is it a new one, Dave? Last season, so not, not quite new. Which which one would uh, you rather have? Would you rather have United's away kit for next season, or you not, you've not really seen United's home kit, have you? No, I've not really seen it. But have it, you seen it, the kit that's been half-released, that's got the three Georgie Best and the lads on the floor that. Uh, no, is that the one that was designed by the what? fans? <laughs> yeah, I saw it maybe last week on the internet. I don't know where it was. It quite cool. Uh, Dave, send it to us. And if you can, definitely don't tweet it from our account. Uh, but if you can, uh, well, yeah. W- w- what's on it? The Trinity. Uh, the Matrix. <laughs> The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> In a way, uh, Georgie Best, uh, <laughs> Alfie Ramsey, Charlton and Law, and Charlton and Law. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, uh, lovely. Uh, My nan used to love that show. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent jokes. Um, anyway, it's been good to have you guys on the podcast. Uh, enjoy the final, and we'll see you to review it after the weekend. It's been lovely to have you. And we'll see you again real soon, right here on TF Three. <laughs>